0: Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Welcome to the podcast. This is Joe Lynch, and this is the Logistics of the
1: Logistics podcast, and today I'm joined by Ann Holm. Hi. Hey, Ann. Today we're going to talk about sales saboteur, and it's based on some research that Ann's going to talk to us about in just a minute. But before we get into that, Ann and I work closely together with a lot of clients. But for those who haven't already heard your background, Ann, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background before we get into the topic?
2: today? Oh, sure. Great. So my background is I have a 25 25- year career in working with brain injury. So basically a a brain scientist, but I worked with people who had had uh, brain injuries and helping them recover their ability to function and think and all of that. And then 10 years ago, actually, I just had my 10-year anniversary, I turned to coaching. So I became an executive coach, a personal development coach, career coach, and now have added sales coaching. To my repertoire. So I went back and studied sales, did HubSpot course on 21st century sales skills. So I uh, have added that to the basket of things that I do, throw in a little personal branding. So the bottom line is, or the upshot of all this is that I've always been about helping people be at their best. And now I do it through coaching. And so Joe and I work a lot together with salespeople to help them be at their best, in, you know, given the 21st century sales challenges.
1: Yep, absolutely. And a great coach you've been for me and and for so many of my clients. One of the things I always thought was interesting is in your previous career, didn't have to sell anything. And now you're obviously know how to sell. And you're one of the people who helped me with my lead generation growth, because I always was kind of that pick up the phone and make a hundred phone calls a day guy until <laughs> I met you. You became my coach probably eight, nine years ago.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I think that's a really great point because you know, for all those twenty five years, I worked in hospitals and other types of settings and the and the referrals always came to my door. But then when you start a business, you have to learn how to sell. So part of you're getting the interest in selling was around learning how to run a small business and take into account all the things that you need to do to sell in this day and age.
1: Yep, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. just a little background before we uh, jump into this topic. Ann and I work closely with a lot of logistics companies, helping them with their sales. And one of the things that Ann brought to me, I don't know, six months ago, was this whole idea of what's your saboteur type. And I always get to be one of the guinea pigs. I know there's lots of guinea pigs out there, but Anne sent me this, an assessment to take. And it was about what's my saboteur type. So it's based on a book and some other research and Anne will tell us about it. But I found it fascinating. We've talked about it since then. And Anne actually was just in, where is it, Australia, New Zealand?
2: Australia, New Zealand. Yes. Presenting on saboteurs.
1: Yep. So we've applied a lot of this saboteur, what's your saboteur type, to sales, and it feels very relevant to me and the clients we've worked with. So, Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about that. Where's the saboteur type come from?
2: Okay, yeah, uh, this is a great topic. First of all, people are usually very intrigued by it because of the word saboteur. It sounds so mysterious, and it sort of is. But what it is, is it's based on the work of a man named Shirzad, so C-H-A-M-I-N-E. He's out of Stanford University. He's he's a coach, but he also has multiple other degrees, PhD, that kind of thing. So he's he's quite an interesting guy. But he wrote a book called Positive Intelligence, and he talked about this idea of the Saboteur. And so what the saboteur is, is this idea that you have these strategies and they've been with you really since you were very young that you use to navigate your life. So what you're trying to do is meet these three basic needs of independence, acceptance, and security. And you're doing it in certain ways by either asserting, earning, or avoiding. And we'll get to that a little bit more specifically later. But it's this idea that you have these these strategies that served you probably better when you were young, but they kind of creep up and actually sabotage you as an adult. So if you can unearth what they are, you can start working with them. So they'll sabotage your life, but you know we'll talk about it in the context of sales because there's a lot of relevance with saboteurs and sales.
1: Yeah. And one more time, what'd you say, the three motivations were?
2: The three motivations are a motivation to be independent, a, a motivation to be accepted and a motivation to be secure are the motivations that drive these things. These are the basic human needs that people have. And if you think about yourself, you know, you know, nobody wants to be not secure or accepted or have some degree of autonomy. So these are basic drives, in, in, you, no matter where you are worldwide.
1: Yep. And then you said there's three behaviors?
2: Yep. There's three styles. He refers to them as styles. So you will either assert something Earn something or try to avoid something. So, what you'll end up with is a nice little three by three diagram of of the nine saboteurs. So, uh,
1: very interesting. So, by the way, everybody who's listening, we will put a link to this assessment, and I'll talk more about how to take it. But it, it's great. It's a great way to start the coaching process. Mm-hmm. So, continuing on, there are different types of saboteurs types? Is that, do you call them saboteur types?
2: Yep, we call them saboteurs or saboteur types. So the way this all works, there's this, this thing first called the chief saboteur, which is called the judge. So the judge is the, is the one that kicks off all these saboteurs. So for instance, one of the saboteurs is uh, a voider. And so the, you're in a particular situation, And you don't want to deal with something. You don't want to get busy with something. You don't want to make that phone call, let's say, in the context of sales. And so rather than going up to somebody and saying, you know, I don't want to make that phone call or here's the problem I'm having with making that phone call, you just avoid it altogether. So you're trying to not get yourself pinned down by way of avoiding. So that's one of the saboteurs but there's nine of them. I can just kind of list them if you'd like, Joe, and and give an idea of what they are. Okay. So there are three saboteurs that try to create independence or autonomy. The first one is the controller. So these are individuals who have to have control of everything. They're trying to assert themselves so that they have complete Control of the situation. They are completely in charge. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, control something or be in control of something, but it's when you become so f- hyper focused on control that nobody wants to work with you. You become frustrated and angry because things are out of your control. And that's when it turns into a saboteur. So that's one of the saboteurs. The next one is the stickler. And the stickler is somebody who is looking for some independence, but he's trying to earn it by way of making sure every detail is covered. And you might say, well, now how's that different than the controller? Well, the controller is trying to have broad control over what's going on. He's wanting to pull all the levers. The stickler is getting caught up in details, getting so caught up, so micro- it's almost the micromanaging piece, and so these individuals, instead of using an attention to detail as something positive, it ends up driving their lives. And so, you know, if you can imagine someone coming in and, and saying, "You missed that. You didn't do that," etc., that's the stickler, and that that has consequences as far as you know what you're able to accomplish as a salesperson or as a team member in an organization. And the last of the independence ones is the avoider. And the avoider is an individual who does not want to be pinned down. So they use all kinds of rationale to to avoid doing things. The problem with that is is that they like to call this flexibility. Oh, you know, I don't need to do that. I can do this instead. So they start thinking it's flexibility when it's actually sabotaging them. So those are the ones that are around independence. So I'm gonna I'll run through the other six. Is is that okay, or should I should we break this up a little bit? Yeah. okay. Let me run through the other six. No, that's please do. Okay. So the the next group is the group that are trying to gain acceptance. So these are people that are come in three varieties. The hyperachiever. So this the hyperachiever is an interesting one because you'd say, well, what's wrong with achieving? Well. Sometimes a hyperachiever doesn't have an idea of what is good rather than, or what is excellent rather than this idea of maybe perfection. They can drive themselves to the point where they are still unhappy with a result. So they had never have any peace. They can also sometimes not do as much as they could, because they're afraid that they're not going to be excellent at it right off the bat. So they don't engage at all. So they might then, you know, couple this hyperachieving behavior with maybe an avoider behavior. And so they don't, they don't engage because I'm not going to be good at it anyway. And then they sabotage themselves or they drive themselves, drive themselves, drive themselves. The pleaser is an individual who is trying to gain acceptance. By trying to please everybody, you know, if you can think, this is a really good one as far as sales is concerned, because we want to be empathetic salespeople. We don't want to come off as pitchy, but there's a point at which you need to realize, for instance, this is just one example, but a point at which you realize, well, I've got to leave this deal and this relationship and move on to the next one. So a pleaser might continually stay with that conversation and that relationship and not recognize that it's not going anywhere. So, uh, you know, helping people, pleasing people, being empathetic, et cetera, is a really great thing, but it can also become your own saboteur. And you can become, you know, also like a doormat. So there's many, many manifestations of it. And then finally, there is acceptance by trying to avoid things. And that is this idea of being a victim. So, you know, I can't do that because the way the sales is today, there's just no way anybody can do it. So they're, instead of taking a step back and saying, well, where are some, what are some strategies I can use to, you know, work through this? There's individuals who feel like their situation is uniquely flawed and they can't do anything. And that become, that's the the victim saboteur. And then our last group are the people who are trying to achieve security. So these are the restless people. These are the ones that are always moving on to the next thing. So if something becomes difficult for them or they feel like, you know, somebody is demanding too much out of them or whatever they, they want to move on. And so they can tell themselves things like, you know, Hey, you know, life, I, I don't need this. I don't need to put up with this. And so they have a very short fuse for either boredom or, or somebody asking more of them. They'll want to be tied down. Individuals can also be hyper vigilant which means they're always scanning for the horizon for the next thing, the next shoe to drop. And finally, you've got an individual who can be hyper-rational. So they never, they have a very difficult time with the relationship side of things. And so they'll, you know, everything has to make sense and they don't, it gets to the point where their relationships can be sabotaged. So these are the nine saboteurs as identified by uh, Dr. Hameen, What's really, really great about these saboteurs is immediately you can start to see how they could interfere, not only, of course, with your life, but the sales process in particular.
1: Oh, yeah. And if I could add something, as you were reading through those, I thought, yes, I'm guilty of, I mean, I have all mm-hmm. these saboteur types. And having taken the test, I can, you know, the, the listeners, I can tell you, yes, I actually do have all nine. Now, some are much more prevalent. And when you're talking about hyper-rational, was like, I'm... on a scale of 10. So I was like, well, that is not nearly the problem that I would, that I'm running into usually. I'm good with relationships, but what really struck home. And again, I'm sharing a little bit about my test. I'm a pleaser, 8.1 out of 10 and an avoider, 8.1 out of 10. And then a hyper achiever, 7.5. So tell me about what that looks like in this. You know, when I look at my actual test, use Mm -hmm. me as a guinea pig again. As far as being a pleaser, as mm-hmm. far as being an avoider and a hyperachiever, how does that hold me back when it comes to sales?
2: Okay, that's a really interesting combination. So a pleaser, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, a pleaser is really working to make sure people are happy all the time. What you know, They're wanting to be of service, which is a good thing, but they're also trying to to earn their acceptance by way of pleasing people all the time. So you may find yourself having a difficulty, you know, letting go of a contract, for instance, that's not working for you anymore. I know that when I've worked with you in the past, that's come up. It's you've stayed with something longer than you probably should have and and so it not only didn't benefit you but it yep. didn't benefit the customer either the avoider piece you know there's a lot of unpleasant little tasks you have to do when you're running a business you're running the logistics of logistics and so you know an avoider can think of all the different ways to not do those you know unpleasant tasks so you know you might find yourself actually Bottom line, wasting time. You know, you're wasting time on contracts that are not a good fit for you and the customer. And you're avoiding the little things that you need to do to launch your business more successfully, for instance. So I'm not saying that, that, you know, that that's you, but that's kind of what that profile might suggest. And then the hyperachiever is this drive to keep going. So you, you know, you could be working with, you know, a number of contracts. You may not let go of the ones that are, are not a good fit for you and the customer. And you might also then be overextending yourself because you're trying to achieve. So that, you know, those three together might look something like that for a salesperson or a business owner. The most important part about this though, Joe, is that When you do the sales saboteur or the the saboteur assessment, it is, it is a, it's sort of a profile. It's not a diagnosis. So I, it's, I don't, I can't say to you, well, these three are going to look this way. You start the coaching conversation around, you know, looks like you're high on pleaser. What, what would that look like in the work you're doing? And then let that individual start to think about how it's working in their lives or not working because the saboteur makes things not work.
0: We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, and 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 I you as my coach, you
1: know, you know better than I do on probably some of this stuff. But as you were talking about being a pleaser, avoider, and then hyperachiever, some of those things I know I've I'm in my fifties now. I've I've learned to, to work around some of my weaknesses. What's interesting is you talk about hyperachiever working really hard, but in many ways fearful that I'm not going to be successful on something. So I'm kind of moving to the next thing. Mm -hmm. I've definitely felt like that avoider, pleaser, hyperachiever, all connected some days where I say, I'm super excited about this new opportunity that I've uncovered, but almost afraid to get to the next step because I might not get it, might not be successful in the next step. And it's uh, (laughs) a, or I Mm -hmm. I, I wrote this great article, three quarters of it, and I can't, I don't want to finish it because as soon as I finish it, it might not be everything I hoped it was going to be.
2: Yes, and that. And, yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: So I, I can feel these, and it, what's always nice about you get these assessments is just knowing that these are some of your problems becomes part of the solution. And it's not and It's not like I'm gonna, not like I'm going to rid myself of these overnight. But being aware of them is a nice first step.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the the fun thing about the saboteurs, too, is that it it allows you to sort of examine what's standing in your way in a way that you can kind of take a, a step back and, you know, oh, yeah, you know, that's my saboteur. It's not, it doesn't sound like you're beating yourself up. You're forgiving yourself a little bit for the things that hold you back, and then you're invited to try to do other things. So it's, uh, you know, I've presented this many places and invariably, in fact, I'm going to be talking about it later this afternoon to a group. Invariably, people are excited about finding out what their saboteur is because it is a, it pulls, it gently pulls the wool back over your eyes, (laughs) Or back, you know, so you have clear vision.
1: So, yeah, I think it's this is a great time of year to do some of these assessments because we're all trying to, you know, I don't know that everybody has New Year's resolutions, but everybody's starting fresh saying, OK, I want to be successful in the new year. Now is a good time to go mm-hmm. back. And, and this is a really easy test to take. And again, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't solve these problems. But I think Anne's pointed out it's the it's a great first step for coaching. And I know that's how she's using it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the other thing I wanted to say, too, is saboteurs are sneaky because the, the underpinnings of them are actually things that have served you well. So for instance, if you're an avoider, you may very well also be a very flexible person. And so the flexibility is sort of one of your calling cards. People really know you for being very flexible and like that about yourself. The sneaky thing is, is when it flips to being an avoider, when it's starting to accomplish less. And that's when it becomes a saboteur. It starts to sabotage your success. So all of these are actually very much based in something successful. But as life becomes more complicated and you turn into an adult and you have to operate differently, that's when they can uh, turn into saboteurs and they sneak up on you because of their patterns and they've been around a long time.
1: Right. And not to switch topics too much here, but Mm-hmm. I know you use Myers-Briggs quite a bit and as a coach, and I know I'm an ENFP, and flexibility is one of the things mm-hmm. we do, and you're an ENFP, and you're very flexible. And I know doing podcasts or webinars or doing all the things we've done together over the time, I've noticed that if there's something goes really wrong, you're just kind of, yeah, whatever. And I, and I am the same way. I'm very flexible. If you say, hey, we can't do it at 10 o'clock, can we do it at 1045? It's always like, yeah, sure. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: in my background, I worked more in engineering and in the supply chain. And I remember you'd bump into some types that are much more, I won't say controlling, but people who didn't, mm-hmm. didn't live with that level of flexibility. So, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so to your point, the, the, being a pleaser has served me well. People like that flexibility, but I just don't want to let it become something that limits my success.
2: Yes, yes. And that, that's, that's, that's such a great point because, you know, you talk about, for instance, somebody who might be a controller or a stickler, you know, being able to be punctual and being able to be, keep things under control and everything. Let's say, let, let me use this example. Let's say you've, you have gone to the armed services and those, particular occupations rely heavily on a controlled system and also detail, control and stickler. Okay. So you spend a little bit of time there and then you come back and now let's say you have a family, you know, you've got a wife and you, you know, some kids and stuff and you're trying to be the controller stickler with all of these people in your, in your household because this worked for you this worked for you you know growing up this worked with for you when you were in the service and now you think this is going to work when the kids are all you know running around on a saturday afternoon that you're going to somehow bring it under control and you know set some very strict guidelines and be the stickler well basically what you're ending up doing is you might be pushing those relationships away they're not going to turn around and go hey thanks dad for you know, creating that structure for us. And good thing you pointed out that detail. They're going to probably, you know, leave and say, we're not not interested in hanging out with you. So that's when it becomes a saboteur. So, you know, again, these things are, have their roots in earlier successes. But as life becomes more complicated, as your tasks become more complicated, and frankly, as you want to take something to the next level, you have to be aware of those.
1: I I totally agree. Having raised uh, some kids, I can uh, attest to the lack of control (laughs) that I had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So once I take this test and now I say, okay, now I I know some of my problems, pleasing, avoiding, hyper Mm -hmm. hyper hyperachiever. What's the next step? What's the next step towards getting the right amount of each one of those behaviors, motivations?
2: Okay. Yeah, so so you said the right amount I, are you getting at the idea that you read the situation properly and you know when it's time to pay attention to detail for instance and when it's time to sort of let things go so reading the situation is your is what you're getting at right
1: Yeah what's the next step you would use as yep. a coach
2: Okay yep so the very first step in all of this is to find out who your saboteurs are and I mentioned or you mentioned that we'll put a link up so you you can take the a test on Dr. Harmain's website. There's actually two of them on there. There's the assessments and then there's this thing called PQ score, which is basically the amount of time you find yourself in saboteur mode. But if you just want to know what your saboteurs are, I would start with taking the saboteur assessment. So when you discover what they are, it's important to start thinking about, okay, These, you know, I answered these questions about myself. What are some situations that this might be sabotaging me? And that sounds like it would be easier said than done. Because what typically happens is an individual takes the assessment and then they go, oh, my God, I got to have my wife take this. Or, oh, my God, my boss should take this. Because you start to see those saboteurs in somebody else oftentimes before you start to see them in yourself so the first step is to take that assessment and to really sit down preferably with a coach but maybe a manager a mentor and start to really think about how is this stuff sabotaging me so that's the first step
1: and if so, I could jump in if I could mm-hmm. jump in for just a second on that it's so true when when the other day when we were kind of prepping for this we immediately started talking about shared clients oh yeah I see that in in her. I see that in him. And it's funny, you pointed out, you go, that's the crazy thing about taking this is you see the saboteur type so easily in someone else. And then I I, I guess I can more intellectually say, yeah, I'm a, a pleaser and I'm a voider. But if you say, mm-hmm. how does that affect you this week? I really have to think about it. So it's,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I may just take a moment to bring in just a little bit of my brain science from back in the day. So one of the things when we worked with brain injured clients, for instance, we talked about this idea of level of awareness. And if you have no level of awareness about what just happened to you, it's called low deficit awareness. Now, it's this, it's obviously we're working with people who haven't had brain injuries or anything like that, but the but this ideas are the same, this idea that you can be sort of Intellectually aware of something like, ah, yeah, I know I'm an avoider. You know, there's some times I let some things, you know, I try to avoid doing things. I'm a procrastinator or whatever. Well, that's just a low level of awareness. An assessment told you that. And maybe you can say, yeah, I guess of all of those nine, I guess I'm that. But that's not really awareness. Awareness is then wondering okay well how does this actually impact me that's the next level of of awareness but it even goes deeper than that because then you have to say i care that this is impacting me and finally i care and i'm going to do something about it and it takes a little bit of self-awareness to get to that level just taking it and saying "Mm, yeah that's me i guess you know it doesn't surprise me. I'm kind of an avoider. And then you go on your merry way. You really have done nothing but just identify what if it ever sabotaged me, this is what it would look like. But no, it doesn't happen very often. I kind of got it under control. So (laughs) (laughs) we're all guilty of it.
1: Part of being an avoider is avoiding the behavior change that I need to make. (laughs)
2: hmm Yes, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, it'll be, these are patterns. This is why it's so hard. They're patterns. You've done this for your whole life. You did it as a kid. You did it as an adolescent. You did it as a young adult. It just, it took on different you know, specific behaviors, but they're patterns. They're, so they're deeply, deeply embedded in the tracks of your brain. So in order to make a difference, you first have to understand what's happening and then you have to come up with ways to sort of flip the switch. You know, if you think of train tracks and they got to flip the switch so that the train goes on the other track, you know, that's kind of what you have to do to really, really start to make some changes. So it's helpful, you know, it, Talking about actually here's some of the steps you can take. So once you identify it, you identify the implications of it, you own those implications, you want to change the some things, then there are some things that you do that will create some mindfulness around, ah, there I am, I'm going in that direction, stop, I'm gonna go in this direction. And so there's some exercises that you can do to get yourself give yourself the ability to stop and make another choice. So they're called PQ reps, and those are things that can be done to start that awareness and to make that shift. Having a coach or an accountability partner really helps too. So you know, so you 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 decide you want to change a couple things. Being able to you know report to somebody or discuss this with somebody or partner with somebody is also a really great way to, to slay the sales saboteurs.
1: Yep, absolutely, and and um, I I don't say this as a uh... Be salesy. I say it because I do work with an executive coach and home. And if I didn't, it's difficult for me to imagine how I would address some of the things. Never going to be perfect. But from coaching, you have basically somebody who can see you objectively, understands your type and can help you with strategies to work on it. And it's not an overnight. It's not, hey, I took the test. Now I'm not going to do it anymore. It takes time. You built those up over time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's going to take a concerted effort over time. Probably with a coach to get where you want to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to add I was gonna say I just wanted to add that when you do this kind of thing with a coach, the coach isn't gonna tell you what to do because you know yourself and you know your own situation. But what a coach will do is put your feet to the fire. I shouldn't say that, that sounds a little bit aggressive, but a coach will help you ask the real questions about something so that you start to dig down into those deeper levels of self awareness so you can actually make change that's gonna stick.
1: Okay, Anne. well, thank you so much for sharing all you know about saboteur and saboteur types and how it affects salespeople. Mm-hmm. As far as next steps, anybody wants to take this test, please do. And if you want help with your sales training or coaching, that's what Ann and I do. And mm-hmm. we're always available to at least chat and do a quick assessment of where you're at today.
2: Yeah, yeah. The other thing I would say, too, is that, you know, you can you can follow us on Twitter because we will, you know, as as things come up that will help people develop their self-awareness around certain things. My Twitter is AnholmNet, A-N-N-H-O-L-M-Net. NET, Anhold Net. that's my Twitter. And then yours is Logistics of Logistics. Connect with us on LinkedIn as well. So if you are, have met us for the first time, that's a couple ways to keep the conversation going. You know, watch what we, what we're talking about. Um, and, you know, we'll retweet things only after we've read them. We promise we won't just <laughs> put anything up there. So that's, those are a couple other ways to stay in contact with us.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks, Anne, so much. And thanks to all of you for paying attention to my podcast. And please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I often share articles on there and I have a million connections and always looking for more.
0: You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit the logisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.